Hi, I'm Richard, the founder of 10 Adventures, and this is the 10 Adventures podcast. Each week, we talk to real people about real adventures as they explore this incredible planet we all live on. Welcome back to the 10 Adventures podcast. Today, we're talking about ageless living, and I'm really excited to talk with Damien Jellens, founder of Legend Life. Hi, Damien. Welcome to the podcast. How's it going, Richard? Thanks for the invitation. Thanks for coming on. Now, we've talked a few times. We just had really great discussions. We're kind of, you know, very similar in terms of changing our careers, trying to, you know, help people discover uh, a different part of life, you know, kind of both looking at the outdoors. But I want to talk a little bit about Legend Life and why did you found this organization? I guess a little bit like you, because I know your backstory. So you kind of like, reach a moment in your life and you kind of evaluate where you are in life and then you kind of uh you're looking to have something different happen and then so i came up with this idea that i i wanted to live a life that was kind of like extraordinary like i certainly hadn't led an ordinary life because i've kind of lived all over the place and now based in brazil so i wouldn't say i'd had an ordinary life but i certainly hadn't reached extraordinary and then when I was like thinking of a kind of life I wanted to live, I wanted it to be legendary for myself. So when I'm looking back that I would be able to say to myself that I'd live my life passionately and purposefully and without any kind of like regrets. But I also wanted to leave some kind of like an impact. I wanted to make an impression on the world as well, which is back to that legend kind of concept because legends are kind of stories of human activities that carry on beyond the person, you know, person's life and then being a legend is about someone kind of like reaching their potential and kind of like excelling. So legend life was this idea, I, I want to live a legend life. And then I'd kind of like, I was actually about mid 40s, a little bit later than when you started your enterprise 10 adventures. And I was going, you know, I want to have this kind of a life. And then I because you know, I was looking at all my friends and all the people around me and they were all turning 40 and they were all talking about retirement and slowing things down. And I was going, well, if I'm going to have this extraordinary life, this legendary life, I actually need to start speeding up. I need to actually be filling my life with more and more kind of like things, doing more and more activities because I'm running out of time to do all the wonderful things that I want to do with my life and then also to have this kind of like impact that, is beyond what I'm doing currently. So first I came out, well, well, I want a legend life. And then I kind of like realized there were a bunch of people who didn't really understand what a legend life themselves was. They were living ordinary lives. They weren't actually doing anything extraordinary. And they believe reaching 40 that, you know, kind of the life is over. They didn't have any opportunity to do anything else. So I thought, well, I'm interested in learning about how I can improve my life. And I'm sure there's a bunch of other people so I started initially with the idea of interviewing people over 40 who were kind of like proving that life does actually begin after 40. So people who are doing exceptional things, adventurers, explorers, outdoors people, athletes who are doing extraordinary kind of like things because they'd made a decision they wanted to live an extraordinary life. So then I also wanted to create a community because as you know, Richard, when you reach 40 and then if you've got kids, your world becomes a little bit smaller. So you don't get to meet as many people. So I wanted to create an environment or people who are like myself, interesting people who want to kind of live their best life. 
So Legend Life kind of evolved from that. So it's kind of like part inspiration, information to kind of get people interested in living what I call a legendary life or your best life and part community, a, a place where you can connect and interact with like-minded people. It's so interesting. I had a, such a similar journey. Uh, and I've mentioned this before, but I read a book, uh, I think it was 39. It's called How Will You Measure Your Life? It's by, uh, unfortunately, a deceased professor of mine, Clay Christensen. And, you know, he's famous for all these business concepts and, you know, innovation on that front. But this was really, you know, geared towards we get so focused on our career that we lose what's important to us. And and it was really his focus. He was, you know, I think 60 or so when he wrote it, looking back about like, don't, you know, focus on what's meaningful to you and what's important to you and make sure your life is led in a way that that you can achieve that. And I always thought it was really strange. Here's this, you know, business professor talking to business students and he's kind of saying work isn't the most important thing, especially if you're doing something you hate or, or you know, you just doing something that isn't meaningful. And it's so similar to, you know, here's a great business school professor. You figured this out in yourself, Damien, uh, <laughs> you know, just, you know, understanding like, hey, what is important in my life? And I feel I was lucky. I, I found this book, but I feel like there's so many people, they know that they're not you know, they're not unhappy with their life, but they struggle with, is this the right path for me? I feel like it's such an important, you know, aspect out there. When you bring this message to people who, you know, maybe are, are searching for this type of thing, what kind of reactions do you see? Like, like, do you see people that are kind of stuck in, in a lifestyle or a job? And then all of a sudden, you know, over a course of a year, they just change and become like a, an authentic, you know, they're living an authentic life for themselves. Well, because I've interviewed quite a number of people, they're kind of like the exceptions to the rule. So a lot of them have, you know, one day they kind of like had this kind of like epiphany and then they kind of changed direction and went off in a completely different direction. But that's certainly not the majority. The majority of people don't even realize they're not living authentic lives. They kind of like get on the treadmill of life and then they keep on muddling through. They're not unhappy, as you said kind of happy but they're not really happy and they don't really understand why and then they go well this is just life and then they actually don't do go through this moment of kind of like self-reflection you know like I had a catalyst which was basically I had a, a kind of like a temporary stroke so it was kind of like I was like stressed out working all the time and then basically I kind of like collapsed one day like everything went numb couldn't speak and then I kind of collapsed and then I had like a five-year-old son at the time. And then it kind of like made me kind of like realize, you know, even though I was doing all these kind of like extraordinary things, like I was, you know, lived in a number of different places. I wasn't really living authentically what I wanted to do with my life. So I had a bit of a catalyst that kind of made me want to kind of like reflect and work out what kind of direction I want to do. But a lot of people don't have the catalyst and actually don't change. So they would like to change, but you know, life is okay, but they don't want to change. Like they're in their comfort zone and I call the comfort zone your death zone because basically you're waiting to die because you're not kind of like pushing yourself out to go off and challenge yourself, learn new things or do, do new kind of like stuff. And then, you know, that's why we see 60, 70 year olds, you know, kind of like declining because they're just kind of like comfortable, but they're not challenging themselves anymore. When we're younger, we're challenging ourselves all the time. We're kind of like evolving. So what I try to do is show these people what's possible through 
other people's kind of like inspirational stories. So hopefully other people will kind of like take a different perspective because a lot of people reach 40 and 50 assume they can't change because I'm 40, I'm 50, supposedly I'm supposed to retire at 65. Well, how am I going to go change my life? You know, I've been doing this for like 20, 30 years. I'm here where I am, not necessarily happy. So I'm supposed to retire at 65. I can't really change because I've only got the small window of time to kind of like make this change in my life. And so I'm too old. I can't do it. You know, I can't, you can't teach your old dog new tricks and all of these kind of like little kind of limiting beliefs. And then that's back to this concept of ageless living where we don't define our lives by our age. Age is irrelevant, you know? So like when someone goes to me, like I'm not necessarily as successful as I would like to be, but then I go, well, I've got until 90. So I don't have this artificial kind of like limitation which says by 65, I've got to hit all these kind of like milestones, achieve all these goals. No, I've got till 90 or maybe 92, 93 or 94, whatever it is. Well, that feels a lot better than saying, well, because I'm 52 now, I've got, what, 13 years to kind of like kick all these goals and achieve everything I want to do in my life. Otherwise, it's all kind of like too late. And I want kind of like people to kind of like see that actually it's never too late and you're never too old to kind of like change direction. And you can start today and you don't have this small window of time. You've got, you know, whatever time frame you've got on this planet to kind of like live the life you want to live, achieve the goals you want to achieve in life, make the difference you want to make in life. While you're talking, I was thinking I'm a gen, I think I'm a gen, I'm a gen X. Uh, so I kind of grew up and you like life was very prescribed. You know, you go to school, you go to university, you get a job, you work till you're 65 or if things go well, 60 or 55, you retire and you know, you go on cruises and, and, and that's kind of your life. And uh, I meet so many millennials. We have, you know, millennials working at, at the company and they kind of reject a lot of millennials reject that whole kind of premise of your life is prescribed. And, you know, they're going off and taking you know, a two month leave to go and backpack, like literally backpack across the Alps or go live, you know, they want to go live in, in Asia or Africa and work remotely. And it's interesting how there's, you know, there's some aspect to, you know, how we were brought up that, millennials are almost living a legend life because they're not so focused on just I'm gonna there's one path for everybody like you know for some people that you know the kind of society's path of get a nice house get a car work your job you know that for some people that gives them tremendous joy but we're almost taught that's the only path and and millennials are you know they all have their own path uh and I was what like why do you think you know people our age you know, have struggled to, to, you know, find this ability to find our own path where young people today, like they have no trouble choosing their own path, even if it means, you know, less money or less prestige or not having a car or whatever kind of, you know, society says we should, we should do. Our generation came from perhaps parents who went through struggles. My particular case, my parents are immigrants to New Zealand, where I'm originally from. Um, they came from, uh, they experienced the depression in Europe, and then they experienced obviously World War II. So they had a lot of austerity, a lot of like challenges when they were growing up. And then they went to a new place, carved out a new kind of like life. And then they wanted us to, to live better. And then they kind of had in their mindset that you needed to, to do all of these kind of like things 
and you had to be concerned about what was going to happen. So we're still concerned that if we don't follow this path, we're not going to achieve the supposed, you know, gold watch in life, like which is basically, you know, we're, we're basically independently wealthy, we have a house, we've got a car and all of these kind of like things. And then, you know, I struggle with this, but I fight against it as well, because, you know, at a very young age, I determined I wanted to leave New Zealand and live elsewhere. So I left at 22, so I'm 52. So I've been out of New Zealand now for 30 years. I actually told my parents, I'm leaving New Zealand. I'm never going to come back. You know, it's a nice place to visit, but I want to see the rest of the world and live my life outside of New Zealand. Because their lifestyle, which was living in the suburbs, everyone was going off and doing all these kind of like mundane things, didn't really appeal to me. I wanted my life to be kind of a little bit different, more exciting. Not saying that I've always done that, but I wanted to kind of like escape that and live my life a little bit better because it didn't really look that comfortable. It looked kind of boring, really. It kind of looked, you know, you just work really hard and then supposedly you reap the rewards, but you don't because you get sick. Like both parents died from Alzheimer's not long ago. You don't really enjoy life. So I was going at a young age, I kind of saw that to be something I didn't want to kind of like live. Choosing this kind of a lifestyle isn't easy as well because it doesn't create much of a foundation for building, you know, all these kind of like assets that we hold important. And I think the millennials kind of like work out that having a house isn't that important. Having a car isn't that important because it's actually having life experiences, which is kind of like important because, you know, if I ask you, Richard, you know, how, how wonderful is your car? You'd probably go, oh, yeah, it's like, okay. But then if I go, what about that trip you went on? Because I remember you telling me a story about when you were traveling through Nepal, etc. And then I think your eyes kind of like lighted up and you kind of like remember it. It was kind of like, you still remember it. It was like when you were in your 20s or whatever, but like 20 odd years later, you still remember that experience. But I guess you wouldn't remember the car you had 10 years ago, five years ago or whatever, because these kind of things are irrelevant. I mean, as human beings, we're kind of built to have experiences and then share the stories of our experiences. I mean, our whole culture has been built on telling stories, like things were handed down over time. I think we all enjoy relaying our experiences and the things we've experienced in life more than we enjoy relaying how wonderful that car is or that nice little house we have. You know, it's our stories that kind of make us come alive and then inspire other people and get them excited about creating their own experiences and stories. And I think maybe millennials have kind of like discovered that it's about having experiences and creating your own stories, which kind of count. I feel like millennials, they have this um, creativity and playfulness, you know, and, and I think most people when they're in there, you know, you know, 18 to 25 or 18 to 30, they still have this playfulness. And one thing I know uh, as I age is I'm still really drawn to people, you know, in your 40s, 50s. I, I type with a bunch of 70-year-olds and they still had this kind of like playfulness, this zest for life. Like they were just, they dream out crazy things and, you know, go like one guy was 78 and he went and rode his bike around Western Canada for two months. And then in summary, he flew to, to Norway and it, like 
he would just kind of dream up these crazy things and do it. I feel like that's part of the legend life or part of, you know, living a, a meaningful life is still having passions and pursuing them. And for some people, it's, you know, rebuilding cars, you know, that could be something you're really passionate about. But I don't think it's buying a car or it isn't, you know, buying a new TV. But at times we get into the cycle of, oh, you know, buying that new TV is going to make me happier. But like, is it, how does that factor into to what you see and, and you know, what you're doing at Legend Life? Is it still this kind of sense of playfulness or desire to be creative still that that keeps people young at heart? Definitely. I mean, I mean one of our uh, inherent needs in life is variety and novelty. So we can we, the only way you can kind of like satisfy that is kind of like being creative, having new experiences and these kind of things. So, so no, definitely like, you know, the thing that keeps you alive is having these moments where you're learning something new, you're experiencing something new, you're having new experiences. These are the things that we all kind of like need if we don't follow this kind of like path, you know, we're going to be unhappy or dissatisfied with our lives. So, you know, I think it's especially important when you get older, because as we get older, we tend to get more serious because we've got obligations, we've got family, we've got, you know, got to pay the bills. We, We forget about this need to actually enjoy and have fun in life. Um, this moment to kind of relax, um, and take time off for ourselves to be ourselves. And then that's what having experiences does is a way to express who you are. And then I guess a lot of life, we're not very authentic. We're kind of living someone else's life. So having an experience is an, an opportunity to kind of like express who you are, you know, who you genuinely are, not what society has said you need to be. Like, I need to be a serious father mother i need to be a breadwinner i need to be all of these kind of like serious things we're not built to be serious all the time we, we need to have some kind of fun in our life so you know and then you know that's what i kind of like indicated i had this moment which kind of like made me realize i wasn't having fun in my life anymore i was kind of like just working all the time and i wasn't really enjoying enjoying life so i believe you should work hard um, but I believe work doesn't have to be separated from enjoying life. You can kind of blend the two together. And then that's what you're trying to do with 10 Adventures. And this is what I'm trying to do with Legend Life. I want to work until I'm 90. I don't want to ever retire. I want to be productive all my life. But I want to enjoy what I do. I don't want to have some mundane job or even businesses I've had previously where I'm just working away to make more money but i actually hate what i'm doing like i'm not really excited every day because i'm not having an impact i'm not helping anyone get better in life i'm not doing anything except making money making other people make money so that doesn't really drive me anymore now it's all about you know working to kind of like improve other people's life you know i want to be feel that i'm making some kind of like an impact in the world you know, you mentioned earlier about having, you know, the photos on the wall. And often when people ask me, like, what do you do? Why do you love 10 Adventures? And it's like, I know that thousands of people every day are out using, you know, on a tour or are just using our route guides. 
they're with their loved ones, with their family, with their friends, and they're taking a picture, you know, they're at Machu Picchu, they're at a mountain pass. And I'm making those moments that, you know, when we're 60, that's the photo on their wall is going to be, that was an important moment. It is so meaningful to know that, you know, I'm bringing, you know, our whole team's bringing people together. I think back to my other jobs that were, you know, rewarding in terms of using my skills, but it wasn't, I was, you know, helping people, you know, with their lives and helping, you know, bring happiness. And uh, with this podcast, kind of similar to what you're trying to do is letting people just see there's a, there's other ways to live that, you know, you can balance having a busy career, but also make time for yourself and, you know, go, go off with loved ones, exploring the world and, and just helping people, you know, find, find meaning for me. It's always been in the outdoors. You can find meaning in, in, in any ways. Uh, it could be, you know, restoring cars. It could be, you know, f- learning how to cook, cook great, you know, great meals or or new things. Where I just think that's so important to, you know, to try and help people uh, lead a more important life. Uh, that leads me into you have an ageless living manifesto. Can you talk a little bit more about about what that is? So manifest is to declare, and then basically it's a declaration of an intention to live. A life philosophy which is ageless living so it's a little bit of what i kind of indicated before basically it's going against the grain which is society kind of like paints this picture that once you reach a certain age it's all kind of like game over from there and it's you're on the de- decline i am a firm believer that's not the case and then i wanted to kind of like detail the principles behind the way I wanted to live my life. So the way I wanted to live my life is kind of like how I've kind of created this manifesto, which sets out a series of principles around living your life undefined by age, not allowing yourself to be limited by beliefs that we've carried through, through being born in our generation to taking responsibility for how you live your life and being the creator and designer of your own life. And that's all what I'm trying to encapsulate in this one document. So hopefully other people kind of get inspired to kind of like rethink how they're currently living their lives to see that the story society's created isn't the only reality, that in fact, they have the ability to create their own reality. Um, I think a lot of us assume that we don't have any control over our lives, which brings home like... uh, I read this one book once called uh, The Meaning of Life by a guy called Viktor Frankl. I've read that same book. Incredible. Like, incredible. So that book encapsulates. So this person has everything taken away from him, but he still believes that he's in control of a part of his life. He still believes that he's able to control how he interacts and relates with life. And then that kind of philosophy... I think needs to be kind of like spread more widespread so that more people kind of understand that they are the creators of their own life. It's their decisions, the actions they take, their choices that kind of like define your life. And then the manifesto basically tries to give people a framework to think differently so that they kind of like understand that they, at the end, are responsible for their life. They need to make the choices that they are not too old, that it's not too late to live your kind of like the life you kind of want to live. So basically, it's a, a document that encapsulate what 
is kind of like needed to live a legend life and then not be allow yourself to be limited by age. You said something there, make a choice. It kind of hit me. We kind of have this life that's prescribed that, you know, we all kind of conform to. And the reason why it's hard to stop doing that is because you have to kind of make a proactive choice. I'm not going to keep doing, you know, what I'm doing. I'm going to make a change. And like making a change can be, I'm going to make a change with my diet or, you know, I'm going to make a change with, you know, my physical activity. I'm going to make a change with my job. I'm going to make a change with how I allocate my time. And it's almost like the hard thing is it's actually a change. You know, change is, is always something difficult, but it's, it's interesting that, you know, just to realize it, it's, you know, proactively saying, I'm going to change, I'm going to make a choice. And that I think is the huge barrier for people. It's just a lot easier to say, oh, I'll do it next year. I'll do it. You know, I'll do it when I'm 50. I'll do it when I'm 60. And then all of a sudden you're 70. You're like, oh, my, you know, I'm no longer mobile. You know, I've kind of spent all this time. I don't know my family or, you know, I did a job I didn't love. It's all about choice. Uh, Speaking of choice, you have a 52 week challenge coming up. Uh, Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Sure. So the challenge is called the 52 Experiences Challenge. It's making a choice to have an experience or a new experience each and every week. The idea is to try and get people to get outdoors, reconnect with nature, move, but more importantly, feed that need you have for novelty and variety in your life. So basically, people kind of like register and you know, make it make this kind of commitment to go off for the next 52 weeks, each week trying to have a new experience. So they don't have to be extraordinary experiences, as far as like jumping out of planes all the time. Although that's great. It's wonderful. You know, they don't have to cost any money, but it's just making a choice to do something different. So, you know, if you're a hiker or you're a biker, or a mountain biker, etc. And then maybe you're not a very creative person and you just want to keep on doing those kind of activities. You, you just make a choice to go somewhere different each time, do a different route, do a different trail, see something different, um, and then do it intentionally. Like actually be aware of what's going on. Like what, it's not a case of like ticking off a list. Like, you know, people have a bucket list, which I'm a firm believer, as you can see by my t-shirt, it's called like bucket list life. It's making a choice that you're going to do something a little bit different. Um, it, it's actually going off and having these kind of like activities. And it, you know, thinking about how I how you're experiencing the activity, being very present when you're actually there, enjoying every kind of like moment. You know, it, it's not just kind of like going off and saying, "Well, I'm in this challenge. I have to tick off this kind of like and say I, I've done it." But actually, go off and have an experience. So having an experience is being fully aware and fully engaged in whatever activity you're doing. You know, I think that's a big thing most of us don't do today. We kind of like go through the motion. So we go to the gym because we know we have to and we don't actually intentionally be there. We're not actually there. We're, most of us are scrolling on our phone and then talking to everyone to distract us from the fact we're there. So we're not actually getting the benefit of training. So, or when we're catching up with friends, we're on the phone, looking at the thing, we're actually engaged, listening to the person engaging. So the experience challenge is also about learning to engage and be fully present when you're there. Like, you know, I'm not selling mindfulness and all of these kind of things, but what I'm selling is the idea that you actually enjoy the experience for what it is. Like you be, you know, when you're out in nature, appreciating nature, if you're there with people, your friends, friends or your family, 
enjoying the company and being aware of being with them. The benefit of being outdoors in most places is reception is pretty poor. So leave your phone, you know, at home, except, you know, maybe you want a GPS depending on what kind of extre extreme nature of the experience you're having. But the idea is to fully engage in life. Like most of us don't fully engage in life. We do activities to say we've done an activity, but we're not really engaging or experiencing this kind of activity. So the challenge has got some kind of like gamification, you earn points and doing different kind of things to motivate people to keep on going. So last year we had about 3000 people register and a bunch of people, you know, have had some kind of like really great changes. A lot of people went through life changes. They were divorced. They suddenly were single, partner died, etc. And this was kind of like catalyst they needed or the motivation they needed to kind of like make some different choices. Um, because also when we get to 40 or 50, we tend to be a little bit reluctant to do things by ourselves. And so for a lot of people, it became a catalyst for going off and doing something by themselves, like not requiring other people to be present or to go with to be able to do an activity. For others, an opportunity to meet new people. For others, was an opportunity to re-engage with people they knew, friends and family. Like now, if you have a family, rather than like doing separate activities, you bring it together and let's have an experience a week together. So that's the intent. It's like a mechanism for people to kind of like start re-evaluating their lives and start the process kind of like determining for themselves what is a legend life and then step by step creating this kind of life for themselves. You know, I, I followed along last year. I didn't I didn't partake, but I followed along on Facebook and people. It was incredible to watch what people were doing. So this year my family's doing it. And what we've just what we've done is each person gets to choose one. And we've kind of done it, you know, there's all these little things you always want to do that you never do. And so we've used it of like we're out hiking and backpacking all the time or snowshoeing or skiing. So it's funny, we don't have a bunch of that because we already do that as part of our lives. So we found things that are like things kind of like these small bucket lists. So for me, I want to make fresh pasta. It sounds totally stupid, but that's one of my choices. Uh, the kids want to watch a movie on our patio. Now it's kind of hard. We're in kind of, we're in Canada, so it doesn't get dark till late. So, but we're going to watch a movie in autumn sitting out on our deck with like the screen coming down. But we found all these little bucket list things that each of us want. And it was so much fun just as a family planning it, but it also gives us the ability to kind of like do these things we've always thought about doing. And like, I've literally thought about making my own pasta. Uh, I remember I, when I lived in Argentina, our neighbor was a chef and he'd come over and make pasta for, you know, for us. And we have these great parties. And I'm like, ever since then, so that's like 20 years ago, I've wanted to make pasta. Um, but it's fun because it allows, it allows all of us to find these little things we wanted to do. Um, but what's really nice also is the kids get a, get, get, get a say. So each of them says, Oh, this is my, what I want to do. And, you know, as a family, we haven't kind of really had that empowerment of, you know, we have kids are empowered. Hey, we want to go to the zoo this weekend. You know, we want to have a, a big waffle breakfast, but kind of like, oh, three months from now, what do you want to do? And it's been really nice as a family and also really nice for me individually. So uh, I love, I love this idea and, uh, you know, compliments to you for, for coming up with it. Cause it, it is, it, it does work to, you know, again, get back the creativity and playfulness just in our, you know, family unit. No, brilliant. Like this is the kind of thing I want to hear. I, I kind of like enjoy hearing stories of people using it for what it's meant to be. It's have some fun in life. Like, um, 
you know, it doesn't have to be these big challenges or extreme things. If that's what drives you, go ahead and do it. But it's whatever makes you do something different each week and making time to do something each week. You know, and part of the gamification I'll use this year will be awarding points for actually doing an experience each week. So if you do it because something comes up the following week, you'll just get less points. You're still rewarded. But the incentive is to kind of make it something you put in the calendar. Yes, I'm going to make a commitment to have one experience this week, whatever it is, just going to have it. So because I think it's important we make this time for ourselves. It's pretty easy to forget about it and then just kind of like, you know, oh, well, it was a nice idea, but it's kind of like too hard. You know, it actually made me think, it's a bit like, so as, as a kid, I'd go to church with my parents uh, every week. And I when I was doing it, I'm like, this is kind of becoming a bit like church. Like, you know, every it's not going to be every Sunday morning or something, but it's like, it's a weekly thing you, we know we're going to do. And I thought, oh, I wonder, I'm interested to see, you know, if it becomes, if we do end up doing it on a certain day at a certain, like, does it become every Saturday morning we do this or every Sunday morning we do this? But it is kind of, it has that aspect of, oh, we know it's the weekend where we're going to go do our you know, our family event. Um, and I, I found it really interesting. Like, like, do we as humans need kind of that kind of regular thing we do every week? So I'll report back in, you know, 26 weeks or, you know, six months and see, hey, how did this work? Did we kind of settle into a routine? Because that's for us, or for me at least, it's somewhat interesting. Yeah, you've got the routine because we need some kind of structure, but the variety is in the different types of activities you kind of do. So, you know, because to make a commitment, you can't kind of like leave it to last moment. You actually have to make a decision, a conscious decision. I'm going to do something because if you don't, you won't do it. But it doesn't need to be a chore. It needs to be something you look forward to. Like for me, looking forward to the weekend because I'm going to be doing some kind of experience, having a new activity, hanging out with my son. That's what I look forward to. It's like... I don't know about you. When I had to go to church, I wasn't looking forward to church, but uh, <laughs> nope, <laughs> it's just an obligation. I actually always worked in the in the daycare because I'm like, I'll just go play with the kids in the daycare and like, you know, we build forts and stuff and play with Lego because uh, so, that was fun. You know, sitting in church, you know, you can't make a sound. That was uh, that was really tough when you're 10 years old to not move for like 60 minutes. <laughs> yeah. So where you can move with the challenge, like there's no kind of like limitations. It's basically anything you want that kind of like makes you come alive. And then it's meant to be something you look forward to experiencing. And in your case, even better when you get to do it with your kids. Like for me, it's all about having an experience with my son. So I think that's important. It's a good way to reconnect with your family. You know, especially, or if you are single and don't have kids, it's a good way to reconnect with some friends. Like actually have a genuine time, hanging out, talking, conversing, and doing something fun. I mean, that's what the intent is. Or even, you know, uh, I know I'm involved in a couple outdoor clubs and there are some groups that go, you know, every Saturday, every Sunday, they do a trip. And uh, it's not always the same people, but, you know, it's a way to, you know, find new people who share interests with you. If, if, 
if you love the outdoors, like outdoor clubs are the best way to find other people who share a, a common interest. And my experience is like almost everyone in the outdoor club is pretty interesting because they're out there doing something that at least that I like doing that, you know, again, age can be 18 to 80, but you meet the most interesting people there. Last question. So if somebody were to ask, like, what are a couple key tips about this idea of ageless living that, you know, you think people should should remember? You know, people people struggle struggle to remember dozens of different things. What are a couple key things that, you know, you'd want people to take from the Ageless Living Manifesto? Well, the first thing, which I've got to mention before, is it's never too late and you're never too old to kind of like change directions in your life or to start living or creating your best life. I think that's the kind of like most important message. Um, most people think they don't have the opportunity to change direction because they've reached 40 or 50. And then, you know, the key takeaway is that's not the case. Second one is, you know, basically try to be authentic about how you live your life. Like try to identify what resonates with you. What is it you would like out of life? What is it you would like to, you know, your potential? What is it you would like to achieve with the life you have? And live that. Don't live what other people have prescribed as the way you should live life. You know, once you kind of like identify who you are, and you need you need to spend the time to find out, you know, chip away out of all those kind of things that kind of like build up over time to identify who you, Richard, Damien, is at this particular point of time. Who who are you, and what is it you would like to be? in the future and what would you like to contribute to the world? What would you like to get out of life? And then start, you know, creating this kind of like a, a life for yourself. And then the third is you're responsible, like take responsibility for your life, like take, make choices, take action to create the kind of life you would like to live. You know, don't assume that you aren't in control of life. You can't control all the things that go around in the world you can't control the environment you're in but you can control how you show up you know always take ownership for how you show up in life because once you start feeling that you can be responsible for your life you're kind of more empowered because if you live life believing you don't have any control it's very disempowering because basically you feel you're in this river and you're just kind of getting washed down the river according to the whims of the rest of the world. You don't have any kind of control. That's kind of very disempowering. I certainly don't want to feel that I don't have any kind of measure of control. And you do have a measure of control. You always can show up and choose how you want to live life. I mean, I guess for me, these would be kind of like the three key messages. Uh, Damien, it's been great chatting again. I have some things that are gonna, I know when I'm out walking this weekend, I'm going to be thinking about just in some of the comments you said. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Uh, I love this, you know, these these discussions, these ideas. I think they're really important. Awesome. No, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's always good to talk to like-minded kind of like people. And then hopefully, you know, both of us can influence more people to kind of like realize that life is to be lived. I mean, like I, I have a life motto, which is this old um, kind of like Latin phrase is vive ut vivis, which basically means live so you can live. So, so live so that you can live. So because we don't live unless 
we're actually fully enjoying and engaging with life. My parting message and hope for everyone is that they learn that if you make today extraordinary, you're going to have an extraordinary life. That That's a great, a great parting message. So if listeners want to learn more about Damien, uh, you can check out legendlifeafter40.com. Uh, urge you to sign up to the 52-week challenge at 52experienceschallenge.com. I'll put both those links in the show notes. I'm also going to link to the two books, Clay Christensen's How Will You Measure Your Life, as well as A Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl, both of which, you know, if you're interested in this topic, are, are, are really powerful. Uh, with that, thanks for listening to this episode, and we'll be back next week to explore the world and hear more epic adventures on the 10 Adventures podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the 10 Adventures podcast. If you liked it, why not give us a review? Better yet, subscribe and get inspired again and again. Also, if you want to find your own adventures, why not check out 10adventures.com where you can use our free resources to plan your own trip or book a tour in over 60 countries and make your own epic memories on your next adventure. Adventure.